How are you doing, Mr. Yamas? Welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm doing great. Uh, doing good, you know. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, and uh, let's do this. Yo, it's absolutely my pleasure to have you. Um, yo, the show's Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and the idea is to take interest in people such as yourself, and then basically what we do is we walk through your life with as much detail as possible, upon which we look at how you lived and your journey and all the things that led you to this very moment that you're in today and then we kind of pick your brain about it's like, you know how it is just natural conversational shits and it flows and it does its whole thing and uh the new first question that's like the pre-question to the whole question is if you could just let the people know in a quick summary where were you like born not so much where you're from where were you born where does your journey start uh i was born here in montreal amazing um which part yeah i'm just uh uh actually here in the well i was born in this city of jewish general but uh i mean i've lived in the west island my my whole life uh, i moved from i was living in ddo till uh, 15 or so mm. 16 and then i moved out to kirkland your respect all right so that's where our story is going to start is in dollar des Ormo, a wonderful place um I spent five years in Dollar myself. Uh, so it's a cool spot. That's where the story starts. Now we can get to the proper token bars question. All right, so it goes a little bit like this. So my girlfriend, she's washing the dishes. And now she's washing the dishes. She has her phone playing. And she's playing that Black Eyed Peas song. The, I got a feeling. Ooh. And she's vibing and she's dancing and she's doing her thing. So I started like thinking about this song a bit, right? Because now... In her life, this song is like chores music or exercise music. You know, shit, you gotta go do that's boring, and you wanna go back to the lit times in your life so that the boring stuff is a little bit less boring. But that's because if we think about the same very song and what we were doing 10 years ago, maybe not as much you, but us, we were in the clubs, and that was the fucking song. No matter where you went, that shit would come on at night, and we would be super drunk, dancing in circles to that shit. Everywhere I went, it was always circles to that shit, and everybody was having a good time, and it was super fucking vibey. And then I thought it's crazy how that same song, super party vibe for us at one age, 10 years later, it's the chores music. It's the fucking exercise music. It's the parent music and stuff. And I'm like, that's serious. Because that means all the people that are clubbing, all that stuff that's happening now, the Cardi B's and shit, that's all chores music one day for a lot of people. And then I found out that is chores music to a lot of people today still. All the club music is just chores music, depending on where you're at in life. So if songs can have journeys, and we as people involved in music have journeys, and everything kind of changes over time, and most of the time, when we have these conversations and stuff, we all start thinking in the adolescent phase when we pick the music that we like that connects to our identity in some way. But really, like, that's not the beginning of the story. The beginning of our musical journeys is basically as early as we can remember when we have all of the sounds that exist. Like, I can remember being, like, four or five years old and my dad has all these gray boxes, these amps and fucking tape decks and radios and these hooked up to the speakers and he's playing these led zeppelins and at night there's the 90s mc mario vibes at a fucking club radio and my mom she's into discos and musicals and other such things the car had its own vibe and basically wherever we were there was these different sounds that kind of created this foundational element to my own musical journey that are now kind of playing into my life today so i was hoping to do your story justice we could run it back as early as you can remember 
and you can tell us a little bit about what it sounded like to be Yamas before Yamas had any control over the sounds around him. Um, that's an interesting one. Uh, my mom never really into music. Uh, my dad was a rock and roll guy, loved ACDC and, and lead and all that kind of stuff. Um, I would say my music started with Lil Wayne, uh, early Kanye. Uh, that was like, how you know, you, what was so playing. So how did you discover that? How did I discover it? Um, in my elementary school, we used to... We used to have at lunchtime, we made one of the classrooms this like dance classroom where people would like have dance offs and like we, I'd, we'd bring CDs in and play music on this little like CD player they had and stuff. And pretty much I was assigned with the task of making a CD with the songs that would be played every lunch. And I pretty much scoured the internet as a young kid looking for the most popular songs on, I guess, what was then maybe the beginning of YouTube. What, do you know what year this um, was? Or around what time frame? Uh, let me see. What's the age here? Let's say uh, 10, uh, 2008. Okay. So in 2008... You're about 10 years old, yeah. and somehow you become the music curator of an elementary school dance club. Yes, pretty much, yeah. That's how it kind of ran down. And and I was just looking on YouTube for the most popular, what was on the radio, whatever I could find, and I culminated, uh, you know, a, a CD of, I don't even know how, 12 or 13 mixed of Kanye's... Uh, how could you be so heartless? I don't mm. know. I don't remember what that what the album name was, but back then, breaks. yeah, um, and all that stuff. And and since then, I became like addicted to YouTube and listening. And it wasn't uh, all hip hop or rap. It was any music. I loved, you know, girl artists singing and guys and and rapping and and. And everything pretty much. CeeLo Green, Selena Gomez, uh, you know, Black Eyed Peas, Kanye West, like it was anything. Any any music that I that, that sounded good to me, I was into. It came on my iPod and, and, and it went everywhere with me pretty much. Yeah, that's super cool answer to start this off. So just so you know, we're gonna take all the time in the world to still go into this because for you this might be a little bit matter of fact. But part of the reason the show is called Bridge the Gap is because there's lots of gaps that need to be bridged. And one of them is this, in my opinion, misconception that younger people didn't do their due diligence and homework throughout music. Part of that is because there was no fucking YouTube when I was 10, right? So we have the radios and the tapes and the Columbia houses and the music videos. And depending on how old we are, there's a different part of the grind. But I can tell you something. It wasn't until 2006 or 2007 where we all got YouTube that most of us really were able to go beyond who was like super into it and went through all these grueling efforts and shit. But you basically started your life as far as music is concerned, A, with this dance club that fosters a, a reason for you to scour the internet. And secondarily, you became a curator at fucking like 10 years old. 
for a whole dance thing did you guys do like contests or like shows and stuff or was it just like tell us a bit well, more about that it's like it wasn't any i wouldn't call it anything serious we pretty much split the we had rooms that were kind of sectioned for uh, smaller classes um and we pretty much used the rooms that had the least amount of desks and stuff get them out of the way and we had some kids that were um pretty acrobatic doing backflips and break dancing and and you know like with youtube came came trends dance trends and it started you know somewhere around soldier boy crank that you know where everybody everybody's doing the you know the the whole the whole move so it was you know it was people kind of letting loose enjoying enjoying music when I went to a Jewish elementary school. You know, we had prayers in the morning. Uh, you know, it was it was a longer day than most schools. I think it was like seven to four thirty. Mm. When um, usually elementary schools ended at like two, so it was long days. You know, and it was nice to relax at any chance you got. And and, and you know, people loved music, and it was you know, YouTube was brand new. People were like, music videos were brand new. Dancing was you know, the thing to do then. And it was just a, a fun thing we did. And, and, uh, yeah, I got to lead it a little bit, you know? No, but that's still incredible. So, I, cause it's interesting that you say it just cause music wasn't necessarily such a prevalent force in your household. And usually people either have this like super strong presence of music or like a complete absence and then circumstance brings them into it. So it sounds to me like there wasn't a lot going on in your life musically until kind of school brought it into your world is is what i'm understanding from the situation uh, uh yeah pretty pretty much and and that was like the beginning pretty much leaving elementary i started drum lessons so before we do the leaving elementary uh were you into drawing or anything like that when you were super young uh yes and no i had weird uh weird kind of obsessions with like art art i did art classes every friday for two two years uh in elementary school doing you know painting classes just fun little things stools and stuff like that with a family friend and uh and and i like to draw flags i would copy like i'd take a, a dictionary and i'd open it up to the flag pages at the beginning and i'd draw flags during school that was like pretty much the most art I could do. I respect the shit out of that. I think I've done the flag thing myself personally. Um, so were you also a dancer or were you just a music curator DJ dude? I didn't dance at lunch. You know, I'm not, uh, and it's odd I say this because it's funny. I did like some sort of, like, I don't know if you, I don't know why they do this, but they call fashion shows sometimes like dance shows, fashion shows. I don't know if you've ever heard of that when it comes yeah. to like younger people. Yes. So anyways, I, I actually did, did that, uh, one year and my sister ran, uh, uh, fashion shows for her school and for, uh, the local Jewish community for, for a bunch of years. So I was kind of like in that area, I, I was never, I never considered myself a good dancer. So I wouldn't say I was, I was ever dancing out in public. That's for sure. I'm uh, were y'all involved with the Jewish community growing up? Uh, yeah, uh, 
very, I mean, I went to Jewish elementary school. My sister went to Jewish high school. Um, I went to synagogue for the holidays with my grandfather and I had my bar mitzvah and we all did. And, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, if, I don't know if you know, you live there. So DDO is a, a pretty well-known Jewish community and, and all my friends from childhood are pretty much mostly all Jewish and that's pretty much the whole world I grew around, grew up around. And my, my mom was a volunteer for CJD and, and the school and all that stuff. So yeah, pretty, pretty well involved. That's fair. Um, somewhere in the ballpark in 2009, 2010, I was dating a Jewish lady and got ingratiated into the dollar Jewish community for a little, little bit. I discovered that at Purim, you can get blackout drunk and it's cool. Um, to my chagrin as I got blackout drunk and it wasn't cool. Um, but like, that's cool. Like, um, I'm Jewish, but did not grow up with the Jewishness. So it was more a completely different experience. So something I did see is how tight knit that community is. So it's interesting that you were a part of it. And by being a part of it, it ended up creating this ecosystem where off the jump, your music curating and getting some leadership experience so that it created that environment that fostered it. I just think it's nifty that it, it went down like that. Um, so as much as you were like, so you were curating it, did you have any interest in vocals at that point or was it just kind of like a bunch of folk dancing and you were just kind of into the music? Um, I mean, I always liked, I used to, I, I love that. I'll correct that. I loved uh, printing lyrics and singing along to songs. Like I'm, I'm not a singer. I don't sing, you know, like, at that age especially not i was very like a shy kid kind of as a as a younger kiddish and uh but i love to sing like to myself and and with my sister and brother and stuff so um i wasn't necessarily into it i was going down the roads of 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 drums and and instruments right. and stuff like that that's what was interesting to me at the time so like you you said you got into drums right after elementary school as you get into high school yeah, so uh, grade six, like the summer between high school and elementary school, I started drum lessons uh, that year. Yeah. That's cool. What high school did you go to? Uh, I went to St. Thomas. Respect. Uh, over in uh, Point Claire, yeah. All right, so as you're doing your drum lessons, does that like escalate into you being part of a band or is it just more of your own journey of learning how to play? Also, do you have drums at home? Uh, I did have drums at home. I no longer have drums at home. I did have a full set, a nice cherry red one. Sad to see it go, but, um, you know, I turned into more of the vocal side and, and that was kind of what I was, what I, what I knew I kind of wanted out of it. But, um, I was, I mean, I, I did music for four of my five years in high school and, uh, in my last year of high school, my last year of music. I was forced to take a drama in my final year because you can't take all one. It's like a complicated thing there, but. Right. So you're saying for like the so, uh, the art art electives, you couldn't take music yeah. for all the years, and you had to flip one you of them. Yeah. So you can't. Yeah, you can't take any of them for all years. You have to take one that's different. So I, because I was writing my music out at the time I was in it, and and it was giving me an opportunity to learn more about it, and you know, learn more instruments and stuff like that so i decided to kind of ride it out the four years and i ran through a lot of instruments and i ended up on on the percussion on the drums and stuff and and i went to what's called uh, we had like an honor band where they took uh, the top students from each music department from all the schools around 
the Montreal and they bring them together for a band. So I was selected for that and and played in a concert there with uh, a bunch of other people as a as a drummer and a percussionist doing a bunch of different things. So yeah, it it ended up escalating for me. And uh and it was it was great. I loved it and and music was like always, you know, rhythm was my thing and I was never able to read music well, but I could play. That was for sure. Were you ever in any like bands that were not so organized with the school, like just for like you know compositions and all that stuff? Uh, no, I never did any like bands with the friends or kind of thing like that in the garage, you know that I don't know, stereotype. But never did anything like that. Uh, my friends from high school that are now in you know a couple of them in different in their own different bands, but uh, but no, I was always I stuck with school. I mean, I did drumline after school with the school as well and all that stuff. But it was never I never did it extracurricularly whatever. The yeah. drum line is like where you all line up and do the choreographed cool drumming stuff. Yes, uh, our school didn't have as much of the whole choreographed thing. Uh, we were more playing for like uh, entertainment during like, per, uh, like parades and the Terry Fox walks and uh, con um, presentations for theater and stuff like that. They have us come in as like a presentation. Um, yeah, so uh, not as much of the walking around, but pretty much that that exactly what you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, but that's cool that you're, this is all part of St. Thomas, like built into the school. Yeah, because like yeah, this is all part of St. Thomas. <laughs> I was in the EMSB where that did not exist so much. Um, uh, to be fair, it cost a lot less money to go to my school. Um, but like, yeah, there was no music program or anything like that. So it's like super nifty to just hear about how like the school having a music program and all these things has such an impact on creating this kind of environment where you get the chance to like learn about all this stuff. But fair enough. So you're doing the music thing. You're basically practicing all of your skills. And then what happens when you start taking drama? I took art, actually, oh, instead art. of drama. Oh, I couldn't do drama. Yeah, yeah. Act, acting in front of people, nah, it wasn't really my thing. I took art. Um, what happened with it? I don't know how, but I managed to pass. Completed, I guess, just enough to get through. I enjoyed it. I mean, it was more of like sit around and talk while you all do your projects, you know? So it's kind of a more relaxed vibe. I was used to practicing and, and going on my own sometimes to practice and, you know, having a different kind of experience. But I mean, like I said, I, I painted and I did art and all that stuff. So. It wasn't like anything was was tough for me. I just, you know, it wasn't really my interest at the time, and I was still doing drumline after school and stuff like that. So, I kind of just completed it as a class. I knew I had to finish, and 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 got on with it. All right. So I guess uh, at this point, have you decided you're going to get into singing, or when does that start to come around? Uh, at this point, I'm in the probably. This is like the transition period, I would say. Coming from high school to CJEP was kind of where I transitioned. Uh, I was always, you know, writing down lines that I would come up with here and there. Nothing like serious enough that I would even say it was close to a song. You know, just I would think of a line because I liked music and I was listening to music every day, walking to to work at McDonald's. I'd, I'd walk instead of get driven and, and just listen to music just so I can you know, get some time to myself. 
So I, I would write down lines here and there just for fun. And then it was kind of like then when I transitioned into, you know, deciding I was kind of more into rapping and, and that whole, like, modern rap was kind of becoming a little bit more of a thing. I wouldn't say I like, my, like, interest in rap or, like, kind of uh, not mainstream as much as, like, most people, whereas, like, I'm more of, like, a trap rap. Uh, I liked, like, Kodak and 21 before. They were, like, famous, you know, uh, famous decks and, like, Wait, so more like, low-key rappers so, like that. So let's talk a bit about, like, okay, before we move on to your past high school, because now that you're bringing it in, what is it like to be in high school and, like, discovering music? Like, because it sounds to me like um, you weren't, like, as inspired by the trends, so... How did you go about looking into music? What kind of things were you influenced by? Are you like an algorithmly driven person? <laughs> um, in high school, it was it was kind of interesting because music wasn't like there was no Spotify and like streaming services like that like we have now, where you know it was easy to get music on your phone. It was kind of like if you wanted music on your phone, you got to go and download each song individually and then upload it and all that stuff. So I had like a YouTube to YouTube app that you could save videos kind of thing and it would just use your data and you could just watch pretty much watch them by listening to music and like that kind of sense. And I would go online and listen to, you know, whoever I was, you know, playing at the time, uh, you know, small rappers and stuff like that. And I would just go through their YouTube's recommended and, and look at their features and go to the features pages and, and, and listen to their music and see kind of what I liked. And, and I tended to, I'd play a bunch in a row and I put my phone on lock and I would do something, you know, go to work, walk, you know daydream sit around you know sit in class whatever it was and and listen and and when it when a song would be good enough that i would notice it while i'm doing something then i would right there go and download it and that's kind of like how i still like pick my music and, and stuff like that but i was pretty much rocking youtube videos that i had saved on my phone yo but that was still interesting the way that you approach it with the kind of like distracting yourself and then when a song can actually grab your attention you take that as like the measure of it being a very very good song no that's super interesting um we got a question from the chat from soft tara 22 yo yamis if you could feature on a song with two rappers who would they be two big rappers i would have to say uh I, i'm gonna go with drake and lil wayne or Lil Wayne and Famous Dex. Those are my, I guess I can't go two, it's like three, but, but, but those are my top three, I would say overall. They've all like influenced me and, and came into my life at different times and had different effects on my life. And, and I'm kind of grateful for every single one and, uh, and, and, and how they kind of shaped me as an artist and, and and made my style the kind of the way it is you know all right let me ask you a question that might come off a little strange to you what is good about famous decks because I, I genuinely am not that familiar with his music famous decks 
Famous Dex is an, is is an interesting is an interesting artist, and and he has a very very interesting flow and and vibe. And he doesn't even call himself a rapper. And and I agree. He says he makes energy music, and that's kind of how I how I look at all of his songs when I listen to them and when I enjoy them. And and for me, his older music before he blew up. So I'm talking before uh, Drip from My Walk. I'm sure you've heard that one. That was like one of his most famous blow-up songs. Bro, I'm 33. There's um, like a good chance that maybe I have not heard this because of life. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so, so pretty much before his blow-up song, I was listening to him. He was making very trap, gangster, kind of like not music, like rap, you know? Like he was talking kind of on the beat. And and it, where I was in my life when 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 I found it and when I was listening to it was kind of like the same sort of sort of things I was going through. And like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I was on like that kind of level or anything, but I was, you know, that was the phase where I was kind of doing the worst of 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 things I've done in life, and the music kind of related to how I was feeling, and it you know kind of fit me, and and, and I vibed with it, and. And me and my brother connected a lot through that music, listening to, to it together in the car and stuff. And and just from like that past music and and the the history I have with it and the emotions it's made me feel, I just carry that on to to the music now. And even sometimes like I don't enjoy the songs, but I enjoy the you know like he's he's someone that doesn't really care about what people think and what like the popular thing is, and he makes music that he likes. And, and I think people that appreciate that, uh, like enjoys music and that's why I enjoy it. So, yo, it's super interesting to me to hear you say all that. Firstly, Wacko Jacko says hi to you. So I what's up? What's up? What's up, Kyle? That's my boy. I have to give the love. If the people are going to come through like that, it's a big respect. Not everybody comes through like that. So everybody who does. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I see. I see soft Ara too. Shout out my boys, uh, my boys mm -hmm. at camping. Yeah, they're all cheering me on. So shout out them too. But um, it's interesting to me to just hear like even what kind of music you like and why. Like Drake, I kind of understand, but it took me like five years to get into Drake and understand it, and now I get it. Okay, like, I get it now. But when you're like young and you're going through high school, what was it that impressed y'all? Like, what were like the songs and the vibes that kind of inspired a little bit, like the peeps that are around you? The people around me, I think, like, that was, I don't want to, like, get poorly quoted on this, but around the time, beginning of high school-ish, around the time where EDM music or, like, uh, Skrillex kind of, like, became popular. Now, it's not my cup of tea, and everyone that knows me knows that it's not my cup of tea, but a lot of my friends like it, and I appreciate, you know, every every interest in music and and i got boys that make edm music and do it you know very very well and and i think that there's that all you know i love songs that are edm music with with rap over them and i think there's a nice mix that that comes along in, in industries so uh it, that was like i think what was you know popular and a lot of songs were you know bulletproof and stuff like that were were popping off with a lot of edm with singing and stuff like that so that was kind of like the environment around me and that's how I kind of knew I was, 
you know, not listening to mainstream as much because that wasn't, you know, really what interested me. Although, you know, any good song, catchy song on the radio, you know, I'll be singing, you know, at some point. But, but yeah, but it was it was interesting, and 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 it still is with with EDM becoming more and more popular with festivals like uh, Il Nick and stuff like that. Yeah, I really love that you said that. I fucking swear I have an EDM rap album in progress I'm recording. So the fact that you said that is just like the coolest shit ever to me. Um, but like, so what kind of shit makes people... Okay, so I guess my, my question is, so are y'all like as driven to the technique of things or is it more about like the energy and vibes of things? Because everything you said was I feel this and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but it was a lot about my life happened. This This song got attached to this memory. This context got created. So do you feel like that is a more important thing to create for people than worrying about being like the best with it? I think that, uh, I think it depends on the person. And I think that in any case, it's a balance of both. You know, I mean, it's depending on how you're taking, you know, your career in music and your, um, and your, you know, your seriousness to, to what you're doing in your art and stuff like that that kind of it is based on what your focus of, of the music you're making is. And, and I think that to be, to be really good, you have to be in a good balance of both of them. And, and for me, you know, I'm not, obviously everybody wants to blow up. I mean, not everybody, but fame and, and, and money and, and performing like that, that's like kind of like, you know, the goal I would say in this industry. And that's not kind of like really my focus. You know, I enjoy the music I make. I enjoy making music. Um, I enjoy hearing myself. I love, you know, seeing that people played my music, seeing um, my music come up on people's playlists. And for me, I, 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 I make music because I like making music. And and my te- and the technique that I put into it and the work I put into it is based on 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 how much I enjoy it and I think that that the technique it needs to be there and you need to kind of put effort in especially if you want to raise yourself in the game and, and shout out to people like Drew that are like pushing content out and 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 kind of making making sure you know that that they're serious about what they're doing and and he still shows his his emotion and his and his and his his personality in his songs and in and in the behind the lyrics that he does he explains kind of where these things come from and and how he thinks of these things so i think that you know to to elevate yourself you need to have a good balance of both but you know if if you're about making music because it makes you happy then i think that that's that's a good enough reason and if you're about it because you really want to be famous and you don't care about what the music is as long as it you know sounds good and it's popping and people play it then then so be it that's you know that's the way you do it and 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 if you have success more success to you you know that's that's kind of how it is i'm good for anyone in the game and and i'm support anyone uh, chasing their dreams and achieving their dreams so so you know more power to anybody that can do it that was a really big answer and i liked it a lot um i think the most interesting part of what you said focused on like the motivations behind it yo drew drew really is pushing i fucks with drew uh he came through talked to him i felt that vibe off of him i watch his insta game i really appreciate what he does with it 
Um, but I also like what you said about the fact that you're just kind of into making music and perhaps like all of, it, all of it isn't as interesting right now as just making the music and letting it be and just kind of doing what it is. Now that's also a motivation. I mean, end of the day is like life reopens again. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to meet and like congregate. And I think it's kind of important for everyone to keep in mind that that people have different goals and motivations as they come into it and to try to find or at least understand who you're dealing with as you're dealing with different people so i really like what you said there it's fucking cool all right so you like go to sejap and uh what point do you like actually decide to start like making music and how does that actually like come to be in your life um <clears throat> interesting so i pretty much go to cjep cjep comes with freedom as everyone that goes to cjep knows coming out of high school it's which one did you go it's to it's different i went to abbott straight up yeah yeah yes sir yeah i went to abbott too yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i went to abbott and and i went in for electrical engineering technologies uh, my goal was to, you know, be, a, I guess, an electrical engineer. That was kind of, you know, that was that was my path, advanced sciences and stuff in, in high school. And I think that with more freedom kind of gave, kind of like set me out of whack a little bit. And I kind of took advantage of it a little bit too much and pretty much did whatever I wanted, you know, didn't go to class. Yeah. You don't didn't do homework like you can name you know anything you can name I did it and and uh, and I think that uh, that that at that point I had that's kind of when I when I was starting to put you know bars together and and write songs and just had you know a, a good little selection of of songs that I had hoped to one day you know eventually record you know, with whoever down the road and, and uh, around that time of beginning of CJEP, well, uh, my friends you say you started put songs to get together. Did you have like beats and stuff that you found or what is it? Yeah. Tell us a bit about, yeah, how you know, tell us more about this process. Okay. 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 So, I mean, it starts probably like any, any kid starts these days. I grab beats off YouTube, you know, find things that I'd like download them to my phone and, and pretty much I'd sit and, I would sit outside or, or stand outside and pace actually. I'm like a very ADHD kind of need to be constantly fidgeting. So I'd stand outside and I'd just pace in a circle on my backyard porch and just just write and wrap it out and, and write and wrap it out and continuously add and add and add. And and sometimes I can get, a, you know, sometimes I put a whole, you know, song together in, in 30, 40 minutes outside and sometimes two, three, four days I'll spend outside for three, four hours, you know, trying to write and figure out how it kind of went together, just kind of figuring out my style, you know, what kind of flow I wanted, you know, what kind of work, you know, what kind of speed I can get off and how I can kind of go about it. And, and, and I pretty much just, just wrote on beats that I didn't know if I could do it on beats that I kind of vibed with beats that I didn't vibe with, you know, beats from my friends that were starting off in their music game making 
uh, music and and do you have a lot of friends experimenting with djing um make beats yeah a decent amount i wouldn't say a lot a lot but a decent amount of friends making beats uh, friends making edm uh friends that uh you know play in bands like live making you know rock music and and r&b and stuff like that um you know friends rapping and friends singing and, and stuff like that but I wouldn't say a huge array, but a decent amount. And I've met a lot more through, you know, competition, uh, you know, competitions, all-stars, uh, beats by in it, uh, doing kind of things like that. And, and, you know, meeting JK, meeting Drew, talking to Drew and, and links and, and all of them, you know? So I think, uh, the, the rap community here and the music community in Montreal and in the West is very strong and, and and everyone supports each other and it, it's, a, it's a nice big family so wait what hold on i don't come under, i'm doing hyperbolic shit it's not to make fun of you it's to make fun of other people we in montreal and we have a bunch of young folk in the city acting like a big family making some moves wow who would have thought i would have thought but yo it's because i talked to fucking drew and them and i started talking to him and i met fucking golden coast he's up in the west too and I met these different people over the internet and it seems like y'all are doing it but I love what the fuck you just said y'all are really just proactive and shit tell us more about your community y'all have popping off yeah so I mean like it, it's it's a culmination of you know meeting guys through through comp competitions and huge shout out to I would say all stars MTL for this because they brought a lot a lot of people together uh, and i'm sure funny. i don't know no because ironically sure, but... the reason i know about any of you is all stars montreal i got yeah i saw that you were smoked on, by uh, hoshe <laughs> uh yeah smoked yeah by hoshe. it is what it is um so uh so yeah you know shout out to, to them and 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 creating kind of an environment where like they put people up against each other but i i don't really see it that way you know i've spoken to so many people that have been in all three of the competitions and met them through them and and i'm sure you've seen drew's new promo for his new his new project so he's got all mtl guys on it he's rocking a full mtl project so it it's and, and there's group chat that promo, so fuck it that's real cool it's so good to see that that's awesome yeah yeah shout out drew i mean he put he put a crazy tape together and, and and i'm on there with jk and pretty much you read through that list you can pretty much find everybody on all stars and 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 we got group chats and we're talking between each other you know sending beats around asking opinions uh, on on raps and and beats and working on projects together so I, uh it's great you know the montreal community is strong and and everyone's uh, supporting everyone, and you know, there's no, uh, there's no animosity. Uh, Instagram, yeah, uh, Instagram, you know, I text with a lot of these guys through, you know, meeting them through this, getting close with guys and, and uh, yeah, but, but a lot through Instagram, yeah. That's super dope, man. That is like super dope to hear. I'm, I don't know. I feel like Montreal, I've been bubbling for a minute with all kinds of stuff and this, this COVID period has been a very powerful asset in terms of like the networking potential but also nifty to see the west is congregating like that like 
I'm linking up in my like southwest vibes over here because that's where we are in the city and which we it seems like everywhere I look people are all trying to be doing things so it's just really encouraging though to see how far y'all are taking this Instagram and creating this kind of community like I don't know it's one of the most inspiring things I've heard today for real reals yeah yeah it's it's great and and Instagram is 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 really good I find with suggestions and and making kind of the way they mix with you can message and and share reels and and they allow longer videos and previews and and it's you know like like the all-stars competition you see on their page it's the first the shout out Ghostface Miller with that raid 11 people just joined our fucking stream so we gotta give love yo Ghostface Miller is this fucking dude who does scratchings and shit up in the UK and stuff so it's fucking blessed so shout him out for real reals yes sir respect Ghostface uh, not to Thanks for showing off. love, man. It's like the Twitch. Nah, nah, it's shit. all good. It's all good. <laughs> so yeah, if everybody that just joined, Yamas is schooling us all on how Montreal has this lit ass Instagram community that us old men are kind of complaining about and not even knowing exists. Like we're all like, wham, 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 blah, 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 and we complain a lot. I mean, I do it as a joke, see, because I fucking love y'all. But I'm like, yo, pay attention to the young ones. I promise, they all up on Instagram doing all kinds of litty shit. I'm not in the club, but I know what's there. And here's Yamis being like, yeah, so there actually is a club. And we are all supporting each other. And, and I'm like, this is the coolest interview. This is amazing shit. Yeah. And uh, and and there's no, uh, we're not, we don't exclude, you know, we're, anyone, any artist in Montreal, feel free to hit me up or hit <gasps> It drew up JK, any of those guys, like you, you can you can get in this and, and we'd be more than happy to have you guys. You know, we're trying to build the community and and you know, we're trying to make, you know, Montreal what it deserves to be. I think there's a great music community here. We got a great clubbing community and and I don't think we get the respect that we deserve in the music game and I think uh, I think we're gonna change that. I like it. I like the fact that you're super bad inclusive with it. I'm uh, I'm gonna like definitely hit up all y'all and see what we can all do to like more collaborate and network. Since if we have like our shit that we doing on this part of the city, you have your shit that you're doing in that part of the city, and everybody trying to link up and make their own little things happen. If all the things that are happening can talk at like a bigger level, that's when you create the level of cohesiveness that um I think we're all kind of looking for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, but super cool stills and what's, what's nifty is at least in my experiences talking with um so we've had drew on here we had jk actually that's why i wanted to hit up to you because i heard this song fuck it what is it three headed something giant three-headed shadow that's yeah. it, three-headed shadow and i had like the two of the shadows there and i'm like well this is silly we need to have the third shadow because i really fucked with that song i kept listening to it over and over again on my shitty montreal playlist it's actually called the liddy but it's really long so it's pointless but it's there to be like this is all montreal um so i was bumping your shit and i realized yo like it's nice (laughs) like i was like like, like, this is a good song and um i really appreciate the fact that y'all are doing so much work with this and just putting out all this music and like not necessarily worrying about whatever, just focusing on building up your little corner of the city. So anyway, we go back to your story a little bit. You fucking um, are in Sejap. You have all these songs you're putting together. You, you, you kind of grabbing the beats off the YouTube. How are you recording these songs? Or are you recording them? 
So beginning, I wasn't recording. Uh, pretty much just, you know, waiting for that opportunity when it can, when I could or at least. And pretty much halfway through my CJEB career, um, uh, my friend decided to build his um, kind of mini studio. Uh, he wasn't into uh, like rapping or anything like that. He made EDM music, but, you know, EDM has a lot of uh, vocals and, and, and little singing parts and stuff like that. So he had gotten kind of the whole get up and, and all that stuff. and 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 he pretty much let me come and and record with him and we worked on it together and and this my you know it's my brother it's my brother from my childhood and shout out to ridge ara a r a a they're they're crazy they're they're gonna be dropping some some songs soon and he pretty much let me record and it was a it was no auto tune no very basic effects and and i think he did a really great great job with a lot of the songs early and i was testing out a lot of different styles between rapping and singing and 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 it was cool and i started with you know spot uh, soundcloud dropping here and there on soundcloud a couple pieces and then it kind of like transitioned as i as i realized that i was kind of you know able to do this more of my friends were getting into this realm and and one of my friends from childhood gabe uh he he's always been into music making music since before i was even writing music and uh and uh he he built a studio and went to school for this and pretty much taught himself how to how to mix and master and and he makes amazing songs you can check them out on spotify and all that gvbe and he he helped me make mesmerize he 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 mixed mesmerize and mastered mesmerize and shout out to him and i got more tracks that that he mixed and mastered that are in the vault right now but 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 a mix of them too they kind of they kind of brought me into this and 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 allowed me to kind of get in the studio at the beginning and and kind of you know figure out if i could do this and if i could you know if, if this was you know a reality in in my in my world well i'm going to assume it turned out to be a reality in your world yeah yeah now i got the, the stew at home and 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 they got stews and and i work with them and and i got songs with ira coming out too uh, working in, in the works right so now and can i can ask good. you another question because a little bit like this is a, it's a little bit market research for me like how often do i get to talk to this person that's in a completely different universe than my universe um do y'all have home studios? Like, do you guys go to studios? Is that like an interesting idea, or do you just prefer to do it at home for life? Um, I think that I would love to go to a studio for the experience, uh, you know, for the professionalness of it. I mean, for me, it doesn't make a difference. At the end of the day, if, if, if the song turns out good in the basement, if it turns out good in the studio, it doesn't really make a difference. No one knows where, where it was recorded at the end. So, so, you know, to make it a more feasible thing for me in terms of getting to record and, and getting to try out things and taking the time to spend in the studio, trying out different techniques and new techniques and, 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 test out lyrics and and, re and change songs up it was just more more realistic to put a studio myself together and 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 just do it here and, and this way i can pretty much on my own time 
spend as much time as I want figuring everything out and, and how it works and kind of how I go about things. And over time, I've, you know, increased my skills and, and, and changed to mixing and mastering myself, whereas I was just recording here at the beginning and sending my audio. So so it's it's allowed me to kind of put more effort into this. So do you think that most people are doing what you're doing with the home studio teaching themselves how to do this shit etc etc at this point uh in terms of i mean from the people i've met pretty much everyone is 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 going that route and i think that also home studios in terms of renting them out are even becoming a popular trend now that gear is more feasibly priced and and uh and you know you you know technology is is more common in households just kind of high high amounts of technology and and being able to you know plugins and stuff like that that used to not exist and you had to go to a soundboard to make these sounds you know so i think that that it was kind of always coming this way as technology advanced and and from what i've seen pretty much everyone i know has studios at their house i mean gabe records out in toronto at some real studios but Besides that, every, every, you know, Drew, JK, all the links, all these guys, they're doing it out of their, out of their house and out of their basement. And it allows them to, uh, to, to kind of put more time into this and, and, and not have to worry about the money aspect of renting out studios and going in there and trying to bang out as much as you can. in, in that small condensed time it allows you to kind of sit with songs and, and work on them like on your own pace. And, and I think it allows a little bit more creativity because you're not set in stone when you get in and i know that you know in the future when you're when you're big you can kind of sit there for hours and hours on end and and days if you want renting out studio time but for young guys with not a lot of money working part-time jobs going to school it's it's not really feasible so i think this is a, a, a better route in terms of letting creativity flow yeah i love that you said that and shout out ghostface miller who bumped three-headed shadow and says it's very dope so that's fucking cool respect man respect i appreciate that nah but i love your energy man see this is where it's like inspiring to me is like you know i feel like a lot of us above the age of 30 are trying to go through this renaissance where we're like reinventing ourselves but the fact is is like y'all are the future right so it's whatever y'all are gonna do that's gonna like dictate the trends of wherever the fuck stuff is gonna happen and we can either ride the train with you or we can fight reality is how i see it so the more i get to talk to people that are making these moves and seeing these transitions it's like yo i'm just gonna do what y'all do <laughs> fuck that y'all are doing simpler shit and it costs less money love it let's get it um <clears throat> And then uh, as shit comes back to life, though. So okay, so you start making music. Have you ever performed? Uh, no. Uh, like my music, no. That's serious. And you want to perform though, right? Like this real life shit. Is it important? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Like that's my dream. You know, my dream is, like I think a lot of MTL kids' dream is, you know, standing in the Bell Center and and stand in front of people you grew up next to and, and people that. I can kind of share the same environment as you and understand, you know, especially a lot of music is based off of, uh, off of, you know, past experiences and how you go about life and how you were raised and stuff. So I think that it's, it's nice to be able to kind of get that vibe and see my own, you know, my own people out here and, 
and get that experience. So yeah, of course, of course, that's the goal, you know? Yeah, that's fucking dope. Honestly, I like how you said, I want to be on the Bell Center with my boys doing my thing. That's nice. That's such a pleasant, familial thought. And I, I say that because it's, I want people to know that this is Montreal too. Um, but uh, honestly, um, yo, what is Reddit Sessions? Ghostface Miller, tell us what Reddit Sessions is. Unless you know what Reddit Sessions is, because I personally don't. But meanwhile, Ismail has a question that's going to lead into other questions. What do you think about room performances? Like right now, your room, I'm assuming here, you bust up some tracks and you start spitting at the internet. Uh, you know, I'm all for, for, uh, that kind of, I find it's, it's happened a lot during COVID that people are kind of doing their at home performances where they're kind of setting up, you know, sometimes outside in their backyard or, or in the car or whatever, like machine gun Kelly did there and kind of just spitting their tracks. I, I think that's a, that's a crazy and, and cool idea. And, and, and I'd be, you know, down for it. I think that it's it takes a little bit of the pressure off but it's it's a different experience you know i, I feel like it's a different even pressure. having you know a conversation over yeah exactly two different pressures you know having a conversation over the internet is 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 different than having a conversation in person and the content can be the same but you know reading body language and 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 facial expressions and, and things like that it doesn't get as well communicated over over the internet but but I think that it's it's going to become a very popular thing. And, and, you know, if, you know, the MTL boys decide they want to put together a little show and we all we all do our thing, you know, you know, I'm going to be out there. This no. is what I live for. So are you kidding? The second COVID's done. That's what's going to happen. A lot of us are going to be out there like, yo, I've been all I do is fantasize on how I can do things that take this Twitch experience and blend it with that real life fucking show experience. And I have theories and predictions and a bunch of shits, but like it's it's like yo the live is about to come back the second the government's like okay the second vaccinations are done enough of you have the percentage all of a sudden it's going to be like a fucking switch and everything's allowed back again by like the winter time so now's like the planning phase for the wise where we like you know make our little moves and figure out what the fuck we're gonna do also ghostface miller i don't know how to stream to reddit but i fucking love that idea apparently we can stream to reddit do our own fucking little sets and network up on the reddit sphere which is definitely not a sphere i'm not comfortable on i'm not really a redditor myself i should maybe look at it more stills um as an example like what would you think about doing shit like fucking busting rhymes in parks and shit like that uh, I'm with it. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm down with it. I think that, you know, it's never, it's never been kind of in the, you know, a plan for a, a, at least a lot of us for a good amount of time. Cause like, you know, it's, you can't really do anything these days, but, but when it opens up, I think that, that that's a good opportunity to kind of showcase talent and, and, and bring it to the streets and, and it's uplifting when you see music out on the streets, just being in the city, you, you know, Montreal has has people that are playing music everywhere out downtown and in the parks and Mount Royal and all that. And I think that it creates a cool environment, especially when we're just going to be getting out and being, you know, getting that freedom back that, that it could create a nice, uh, a nice setting. And, and it's also, you know, a great way to get music out and get people in, in the city, in the city, bumping the city. And I think that's how like a lot of cities take off. You got to, 
you got to blow up within your sphere to to exit into the the other spheres. Y'all fucking love that. So y'all are trying to make Montreal litty so you can get famous elsewhere. That is your focus right now. I think that uh, you know, anywhere where where music is is prevalent, there's huge music communities that 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 are that are bringing up and and allowing these people to get their opportunities to to come and and get to the big stage and have you know i think you know at the end of the day it's about getting the music out if people see it and and it's a song that can be enjoyed then someone you know people will enjoy it it's more about getting it to the people that can enjoy it and and getting music out there is is a little hard in terms of the fact that it's so easy for everyone to put out music these days preach that that there's a lot of music out there and, and it's not as easy to get noticed because of that but i think that if you can you know uh, if you can become big within your city then that's what your city talks about elsewhere and, and that's where you know that's where things lead to to Ooh. things being becoming bigger can i just can i just ask to like if i'm if i'm understanding what you just said so if you could make the shit in the city litty enough that motherfuckers be saying your name, when they do shit like tourism in other places, they bring you to them places and bring up your name. Is that basically what I heard you say? That's pretty much, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh my gosh, dude, you fucking speak in my language. This is, dude, I had no idea what to expect with your interview. Because again, like I said, I, there was like six songs. Where's the MS at with this? I couldn't find you on, on SoundCloud and I was like, I'm way too last minute. Now let's go live. Um, and those were six really good songs. That's what I found on Spotify. And I thought they were dope. And I enjoyed your vibe. And I enjoyed your precision. And I enjoyed your flow. I like your use of auto-tune. I'm like, yo, yeah, I must be on some shit that I can fuck with for real reals. And I like the fact that you're like working that. with other people I've talked to. Like JK's off face to me. You know, Drew's off face to me. So it's like, okay. And y'all, Westside? Interesting. My mom's is in pure foreign shit, right? So I have some love out there because it's got like a part of my heart stills. Um, so y'all be doing your shit. I y'all be making it happen like that. Um, shit, I kind of got distracted for a quick second. Where the fuck was I going with this? I don't remember. I just got excited hyping you up. Um, nah, but it's cool to see that this kind of shit's happening inside of the city. I'm just gonna move on, and if it comes back to me, it comes back to me. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That kind of shit happens sometimes. Um, how much does social media matter? And you said something to me off cam that I think is cool that we should also talk about. What was it like not being allowed on Facebook? Uh, <laughs> it was weird. Um, it kind of distanced myself from, from trends, especially when trends were becoming kind of, I mean, trends were always the thing. That's what kind of drives, uh, you know, the world and, and, and advancements in trends is having trends and people seeing things that are common and, and trying to go different from the common and be making the kind of the new common. So I kind of, that's, that's, I think that's what kind of pushed me off to the side of mainstream kind of everything in a way where I didn't, I didn't, you know, wasn't on Facebook. I wasn't seeing, you know, people back then people updated everything. You know, you went to the get ice cream with your friends. It was on Facebook. You went to the movies with your mom. It was on Facebook. You, you know, you true. went to school. It was on Facebook. You know, you're mad. It's on Facebook. You broke up with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever it is. It was on Facebook, you know? So you so, saying in high so, school, you were, this is in high school, you were not allowed on Facebook, so you dodged all this shit. Yeah, pretty much. I, I started, 
I think like towards the end, maybe my last year or two possibly was when I about about got onto Facebook and I tried behind my parents' back, but like I said, DDO is a tight knit community and, and, and it wasn't hard for, for another parent to call me out. So, so <laughs> yeah, I tried, but, but, but to no, to no avail. There so. is straight up Dollard mom communities and they are vicious. I've seen screenshots yeah. of the Dollard mom snitching communities is what I like to call them, but they're real, real things that exist up in the, the internet lands of parent Facebook. Parent Facebook is a fucking wonky place, but it's, it's it's harder than like if you think battle rap and shit can be hard no mom facebook groups is the hardest shit i've ever seen on the internet um i digress so you kind of got policed in that situation you finally get your independence and get on facebook and then do you feel like it's it do you feel like with music it's important to leverage i mean it's obviously important to leverage social media but do you feel like facebook has a role like which ones do you think matter and which ones do you feel have the biggest advantage i think that i think that every social media matters and and the reason i'm saying this is because if you like look at any any modern day famous artist like even if you don't know they have an account every time a new social media takes off somebody goes and makes an account for them you know they have an account you see people's music on TikTok. you see you know like on ads i'm talking about uh you see it on instagram you see it on facebook you see it everywhere and i think that that the way social media works is it's giving you the opportunity to choose or to to promote your music everywhere and, and it's free to pretty much put it almost anywhere. So, so I, I, I think that, that using as much of, of, of any social media that you can is, is to an advantage. And, and there's different, like you said, there's different crowds on, on different social medias. And, you know, you know, like you said, you're not very proficient in, in Instagram, but you are in Facebook and, and, you know, maybe if, if I was posting more on Facebook, you would have found me or Drew or, or no, whatever earlier. I, I don't and know because um, All Stars Montreal probably had to exist for that to happen. Um, I'm going to be real with you. They were like a way that I could find Montreal people. I mean, the one thing you knew about All Stars Montreal is that everybody in that group was in Montreal. And um, I don't see things like that existing on facebook as easily because instagram has more of a hashtag game going on where you can just like search like montreal rapper and actually find things whereas facebook is more like algorithmic networking it feeds you what it thinks you like so basically i'm totally tied into this community of like 300 english rappers that i've met via the internet that are all of approximately the same age range and et cetera, et cetera. And it's fucking weird to me. And then I go on Instagram and it's completely versatile. It is completely random. I meet like, you can meet people of anyone randomly I find on Instagram. And then I know there's the whole TikTok grind, which I'm sort of starting to fuck around with more because it's actually really easy to record yourself freestyling and hit fucking enter. <laughs> it's not like you have to try very hard if you just want to fuck around with it. But uh, do you TikTok? Do you like TikTok? I enjoy watching TikTok. Um, I've made a few, nothing really related to my music. 
just for fun. Uh, I'm not like I, I, I'm not a big maker of TikToks. Uh, I love you know watching JKs and Drew's uh, little collab talks and 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 little What's you know watch. I love. It's like a it's not a collab talk. They do like mini collabs on on uh, remakes of songs, and they kind of like do a little TikTok video kind of with it, and and it's pretty entertaining to watch. And it's like a mini showcase of their talent. A couple you know short bars little kind of you know not not a song but you know getting some music out there that's different than what they've got and and i love finding people through through tiktok i find tiktok brings me a lot of uh different music that i found like on like a lot of uk rap and stuff like that and and tiktok has kind of introduced me to some new artists that i probably wouldn't have found on instagram or or even on spotify do you find a lot of new music on Spotify? Um, I don't go to Spotify to, to, to look for music. I like using YouTube. Like YouTube is something I'm a little bit more proficient with, and I, I love visuals and and I think things catch my eyes like that. I, I kind of like that, which is why I enjoy TikTok and finding music on TikTok. You get clippets of, of music videos and stuff like that, um, but. But I wouldn't. I don't necessarily use Spotify for searching that. Although when I'm into a specific genre, I would say, or a song, I'm really enjoying a specific type of song. I find Spotify Radio works pretty well in in terms of bringing similar styles of of music, some that I've heard and some that I haven't, and, and that's kind of a good way to to find some new music sometimes. But not not my favorite source of finding. All right, let's talk about your live performance. So we're going to come back into the world. Yamas going to hit them stages and do his thing. When you perform, do you memorize your songs or do you like plan on playing your track and kind of going over it like that? Like, how do you picture your live um, performance going? How do I picture my live? I know all of my songs off by heart. A uh, mix of, you know, repeating it so many times to myself uh, in recording and, and listening to my own music. I love listening to my own music and, and finding things that I, I don't like and, and changing them and kind of making, you know, small minor changes. And, and I find I find that in, in listening to them often. So I, I don't tend to forget my lyrics, but I think that there's, there's a vibe in in the way it's recorded that comes off a little differently than live performances and, and like you know it's a famous saying some people are better live and some people are worse live and i think that that people that are coming to your live are enjoying the music you're putting out that that you've recorded and and you've put you know work into and there's a talent in mixing and mastering and and shout out to all the guys that do that they're like you know crazy talented and i think that a mix of both is kind of keeps the energy up. I don't, I don't believe in, in lip syncing or any of that kind of stuff, but I think that having, you know, at least a little bit of it in the background keeps that, that vibe and energy that, that you created with, with type of music that you made when you recorded in the studio. That is so different than how I appreciate live performances, but it's still real and it's still what y'all do with it. I respect the fact, though, that you know all of your tracks and that you're going to come bring it. 
But man, it's crazy. Like I have a live versions of my songs where I keep my ad libs or whatever under at like half volume, and then I keep my choruses at half volume. But otherwise, I just rip the verse. I don't give a shit if it sounds like the studio. You're not in the studio. You're live. It's never gonna sound the same. I can't be that. <laughs> so I just fucking do this shit. If I can hit it on beat and I can say the words properly and it's good enough, then it's a good live show. Because, yo, live shows is mad different. It's, like, a lot more about exuding confidence and eye contact and interacting with the crowds. And, yo, you can have fun with crowds. You can just tell them what to do and they do it. Like, yo, make more noise. And they're like, and you're like, you know what? That wasn't enough noise. Please. I usually don't say please. I'm usually way ruder. Make more noise. And then it's funny because if you're really rude, they really do make more noise. And it's this baffling, like, reverse psychology of real life that I fucking fucks with. Dude, I fuck up every live performance. People don't even care. You care in the YouTube after, but you don't care in the moment. It's just a vibe. It's like a whole vibe of imperfection that, like, I love. So if you bring your shit without that backtrack and you just fucking rip your verse, I guarantee you that audience is going to fucking respect you, like, in a huge way. You know what I'm saying? That's how I know it. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know what the right choice is. I know I've listened to the debate for a decade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I was never, uh, I didn't go to many concerts. I've probably been to four in my life. So, so when I started going to concerts and if you've been to at least, I would say, uh, mainstream concerts, Drake, Travis Scott it's a lot of background track to it and that's kind of like the way i always saw concerts you know i never went to see uh live like bands besides you know when i played them pretty much so so to me that was like kind of how i always saw it and again you know i've never i've never done a live performance i don't, I don't even know you know maybe maybe i'll do it and, and i'll hate with the backtrack and and maybe i won't so I like that you know that's just kind of how i look at it so for real though all the live performances you've seen everybody famous everybody's just doing this so it's kind of like what makes sense and shit i don't know man like for me it's not like there's a right and a wrong right at the end of the day there's you connecting with your audience and whatever works for you works for you i just know what i like better <laughs> as like a fan i'm like yo if mans can perform the track without the back track that's the lydia's shit because then then you hear it. Then you can do that shit, like slip up the one little line and make it like Montreal or Dorval or Point Claire. Or, you know, you just like do that little fucking flip ups and you can create that slightly more personalized version of the song in a way where it doesn't compete with your backtrack. But then again, that's if you want to do that shit. So I really like the fact that you're also open minded enough to want to just fuck with it and see what works. That's a very smart approach to things. I also like the fact, just to give you your flowers, that you put all this time into like working on your songs and perfecting them and like like you said you put effort into that shit and you put effort into memorizing them and practicing them and i know it may seem weird i'm highlighting this but sometimes i like to highlight this with the young people because of the old people i know it is what it is there's generational misconceptions where literally every time i talk to somebody of your uh, group of people it's like Oh, they work really hard and they're extremely talented and they're using a b testing to like optimize and they seem to understand data and they're just fucking producing a lot and that's my perception with y'all so it's like 
just kind of want to showcase that when I can and make sure that people take you seriously when they come across you because you are putting that work in. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think that, like I said before, the ease of 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 technology, being able to put out music, people uh, being able to make music so easily kind of, you know, like puts the doubt in the minds of the older generation and you know it, it makes sense like it, it is easy to to make a song and and kind of put no effort into it and and use presets and all that stuff but i think that you can kind of hear a difference when when someone does put the time and the effort into it and and it shows in the way that they promote themselves and carry themselves and 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 the type of music they put out and and the type of views they get at the end of the day and something else to say is as much as <clears throat> I do believe I heard about cocaine and heartbreak a bunch on your music, uh, I also heard that you went some politicals, especially on that Drew remix, and that you were willing to let go there with it. What kind of content do you see yourself focusing on? Like, Do you have like rules that you follow, or what is it that um, kind of makes you, like inspires you to write? Um... I think that my music is a mix of 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 life and fantasy or or yeah life and fantasy i'm a, i'm a big daydreamer i'm a big uh picture myself in the moment kind of thing kind of person and and i think that my music is it's not it's made to invoke kind of a vibe and 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 an emotion into like when you're listening to it every song and when you listen to my like at least what's out and what i have coming my songs range from emotional to hard and and trap and i think that in in terms of my personality yamis was always kind of like a, a, a second personality for me when I was younger. It was always like my 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 bad side in a way where it was kind of like I was a really good kid and, and I carry myself really well and, and, and I appreciate my, my parents and my family for, for raising me that way to respect and, and the dollar community raised me that way where, you know, I was, you know, private Jewish school you know, I, I'm not trying to flex a life that I didn't live, but at the same time, I kind of went through things that that don't happen in that community, and and did things that I'm not, you know, as proud of. But but kind of made me who I am, and my music kind of just bounces between Yamis and and Jamie and and my real life. So it's kind of. I make music that like I enjoy. Sometimes I'm enjoying trap music. Sometimes I'm enjoying slow music, and whatever it is at the time is kind of what I write, and and I put them together, and and you know every song has its own vibe. I don't think I have like a a, a full solo vibe to my to my whole my whole persona. I think I got like a, a little bit of everything. I like that. Like you're in a discovery phase almost, where you're still kind of like testing the waters. How did you come up with the name Yamas? So Yamas is a name that was made for me or a nickname that, that, that came about through uh, little 
derivations of, of my other nicknames. And pretty much my best friend Mike, one of my one of my brothers from childhood, called me uh, Jamis, James, Jamis, Jamie, whatever. He would kind of mix everything. And from there, calling me that often, uh, one of my other boys from, from childhood, Dave, kind of came up with the term Yamis. And, and it kind of like took off every, every childhood friend from DDO that I, that I know pretty much will always call me Yamis. And any one of my close boys from then and from now, uh, my boy Kyle, Wacko, Jacko, Axel, all of them, like anyone that knows me knows Yamis. And, and they call it to me based on kind of the mood I'm in and, and the situation I'm in when it's, when it's game time, it's Yamis, and when it's chill, it's it's Jamie and and Jamie and all that. So, so that's kind of how I took it, and and I like it, and and I've had people tell me it's not a vibe. I've had people say it's interesting, it's weird. They don't know how to pronounce it, but at the end of the day, it's just that's that's so, the name I roll so with. So the homeboy Ismail's like, is it Jewish? And I'm like, it could be Jewish. It's either Jewish or Arabic in some way. I wasn't a hundred percent sure, and then. It's it's not a, a derivation of my of my Hebrew name, but Ooh, what's but, your Hebrew I name? Mean, my Hebrew name is Ephraim. Nice. It, it's yeah. So it's not a derivation of it, but 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 you know it was built in that Jewish community, and and most of my my Jewish community friends from childhood are what call me or who call me Yamis. So so it kind of has that that Jewish origin to it. Yeah, I respect it still. I don't know. My Hebrew name is Chunin. I don't know if I can properly pronounce that. That's my Hebrew name. There you go, people of the internet who's watching. Um, but yeah, no, I fucks with that. Dollar is a sick community. I like the fact that how many times you went back to like Dollar being a dope ass community. What's it like growing up in Dollar? It was. It was interesting, easy. So to speak, I mean, I went to a private Jewish school, you know, I lived in somewhere middle, upper middle class, kind of had strict mom, pretty chill dad and, and friends that were, you know, most of us were pretty much all straight arrows, you know, it wasn't a, a, a tough growing up in any way of the sense, you know, besides internal struggles, life was did pretty good, like, you know, um, I lived in there. Did you do all the dollard shit? I know there's a lot of dollard shit. Like, uh, I mean, like I played dollard hockey, I played soccer for dollard, uh, you know, I rode bikes with, with everyone down to DQ in the summer and, and chilled in the parks. It was, uh, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of worries, there wasn't, you know, it was it was a pretty easy, easy time growing up, and and it was yeah around a lot of straight arrows and kids with high dreams and a lot of motivation for life. So it was it was it was a big part of you know me becoming who I am, and I think that you know my life has drastically kind of changed when when coming out to Kirkland and and moving out here it's a different kind of community and, and it turned me into a different kind of person. But, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a DDO kid from, from birth and, and that's my hood. So, yeah, I don't even know so, that much uh, about Kirkland. 
I just know I'm like I just because I learned to drive in Dalarna, right? So I was living in that's where I turned 18. I did like 16 to 21 in uh, Hyman and Sunnybrook land. So I went to Abbott and the whole right. I got my license on Hymas. That's the easiest place to get your license in case you don't know. There's nowhere easier in the city. Cruising through fucking Point Claire in the daytime. There's no traffic. It's a fucking wonderful vibe. Um, so I know all about Kirkland because of the Kalise and that whole little mall. And that's like, otherwise, why the fuck do you go to Kirkland? It's just like over there. And you never, unless you know somebody in Kirkland, there is literally no reason to really go to Kirkland is my experience with it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the only time I was in Kirkland was hockey games, and <laughs> and from time to time the colleagues. I mean, as a DDO kid, I pretty much lived at uh, at Guzo, and I had a lot of friends that worked there, so I spent a lot of late nights there, chilling at Guzo and going on the roof and doing some crazy things there. So yeah, went on I, the roof like, at the which, like, like the the fucking Desaurus Guzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got boys that that were working at Guzo, and and I had the hookups riding uh, bumper carts, max speed, and 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 living life there, chilling in the theater solo, watching movies till like you know three, four in the morning. Um, but yeah, so Kali was like, yeah, Kirkman was was kind of the same thing for me. It was an arena I played at, and the Kirkman Kali's there from time to time, and that was about it. Never really went there, maybe to get some food on in the strip malls but played against sports and that's about it mm. so it was it was different and and especially you know I, I lived bike distance and walk distance from pretty much every single one of my friends so i'm moving out somewhere and, and i hadn't had my license at the time it was kind of uh shock and and weird and and i was very you know I, i'm not a big very ocd and, and get into a pretty intense routine with life and it was weird for me. It kind of shook me up and kind of changed my direction in life a bit. Mm. But, you know, I love it now and it's great now. But it's interesting to see how much, like, a, a transition, like, just moving. Because, yo, y'all may not notice, but Dollard and fucking Kirkland are similarly, like, they're not that far apart. As much as they're very different neighborhoods, they're not that far apart. So just the idea of popping to another neighborhood can have such an impact on somebody is fascinating to me just because you're uprooted from where you're at and put into somewhere completely different and i really i just like this kind of talk believe it or not i feel like we all think about shit like this but nobody ever really talks about shit like this so if we can i don't know where the conversations go up and went here it's dope for me so i appreciate you sharing it but um i have, I have other questions so let's say music you said you're in this place where if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You just want to keep producing it. You want to ride the wave, be involved in the community. Do you have other dreams and ambitions then that like you also want to accomplish? What is the other parts of Yamis? So I have a career. Uh, I just pretty much finished school. I'm a mechanic. I work at uh, Audi. So, you know, I have, I have a career and that, um, you know, they're extremely passionate about Yo, it and I love shout out joker for uh, following fucking jk kid who fucking schooled me on social media just hit the follow button yeah. yo say a word shout out jk thanks for, for dropping in man thanks for the support we got some uh, we got some work on the way uh we got some exciting things jk dope yeah facts. sorry go back to your mechanic stuff though <clears throat> so yeah so you know i have a career that you know, I'd be more than happy living the rest of my life out 
you know, doing. And, and that's why I think that, that, that music is more of a, a passion for me and a hobby and, and, and just something that I can, you know, let loose on and, and, and lay my emotions out on the table and, and enjoy while doing it and get to go through that process and, and all that stuff. So, you know, if I, you know, spend the rest of my days as a mechanic, I'm more than happy. And if I blow up and end up as a famous superstar, you know, I'm more than happy. So I'm pretty happy with where I put myself in life. And, and that's why I enjoy making music so much because I'm not, you know, I'm not stressing it. I'm not, I'm not banking all my, all my marbles on this, you know? So your plan then is to just be a mechanic who makes music. I wouldn't say it's my plan. My, dream from childhood and 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 i'm still not against it is is to be a, a famous you know artist music artist that that's been my dream that's always will be my dream that's why i make music and put you know what free time i do have into into my music and and trying to perfect it and make music that i enjoy and people enjoy um because i want you know that's that's what i want but i think that when you when you put all your eggs in one basket it leaves you pretty vulnerable and and life's a, life's a bitch sometimes and and can beat you up and i think that 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 having a fallback plan that that is just, just not just as but as passionate to me and 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 as personal to me as music is is a good feeling and a and a reassuring feeling in life yeah, I totally get that. Um, I never quit my job, so I'm still jobbing this whole time. I've been doing all this stuff, and I really like what I do for a living. I get to work with people and do interesting things. Not all of it's interesting, but I'm really passionate about marketing and internet marketing and all of that good shit. <clears throat> like, I just love it. I sit there and watch fucking videos from marketers about marketing. That's fun to me. So I get to do that for a living. Plus, that's basically a huge element in music. So it's like, hmm, this is fun. It synergizes well. But I empathize heavy. Like, I do interviews. I do all kinds of shit now. Honestly, because I agree with you. It's kind, of a, it's kind of good to not put all your eggs in one basket. However, I also have all the admiration for the people who are able to just kind of pursue that and, like, go all in and just, like, pursue that thing. I do think at a, above a certain age the multiple basket eggs is, is probably the move but like especially if you're really young do what you gotta do is all i'm saying but like i think it's cool yeah, that you're and, just and open-minded about having multiple passions and multiple reasons to be to be in this yeah and 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 full respect and all the credit due to to, to the people that you know that that bank on this and and use that motivation of of kind of wanting this so bad that this is the only kind of passion you follow to to make good music and to kind of make their dreams come true and i think that you know if you can afford to 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 do that i think you know that's a that's a great you know that's a great thing and if i could afford to do that and 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 not have a job and and you know just spend every single day making music and not pay any of my bills then i probably would but i know that you know, life's real and, and, and bills need to be paid and things need to get done. And, and I found, luckily found, you know, a passion that I'm, that I'm also interested in and that I could have, I can make a career of, a career out of that, that was realistic. So it's interesting about what you said though, 
is I think I'd rather listen to the rap <clears throat> of a guy who's a mechanic writing about sh his experiences because that would be some shit that would be fucking worth writing about at least or something. This is preferences that I would rather listen to. Um, whereas the person who might work all day on their craft is probably going to make some less ass music that I might not be as interested in listening to personally because I'm onto that real life shit. Like, yo, half the reason I can write songs is because I lived through shit at work. And it's like, hmm, I'm all right about this shit and parables and stuff. So it's like by having those real life experiences and I mean, I get the feeling you still practice your craft like a lot. Do you practice every day? You talking about mechanics or music? Both. Now I'm curious about both. So mechanics, I mean, I have a uh, a regular job. I work uh, 40 hours a week, Monday Spend. to Friday. But I pretty much, yeah, I, I I do music. Any free time I can get, I, I have you know a girlfriend and and I, you know, trying to keep my life good and, and balance my life but but I put my I put work into my music and and I don't rush things and and I think that's a a really important thing in in making good music and making good content is not to kind of force yourself to rush things out just because you want to get things out but but to maybe work on them a little bit longer and put yourself in a better position a little bit more in the future to to help yourself succeed a little bit more. So mm. I work on my music and I spend, you know, if I have no time one day, I have no time one day. If I have an hour and I spend that hour and if I have, you know, 10 hours, 12 hours, I spend 10 hours, 12 hours. I've, I've done everything from 30 minutes to, you know, all day, two, three days in a row of doing music. So, so I, I try to maximize my time as much as I can and, and dedicate as much of my, my passion and my and my time to music as I do to, to anything else that I care about in life. I love that answer too. I relate heavy to that shit. Um, but yo, just the level that you're putting, the, sorry, the level of effort that you're putting into all this has me very optimistic for your future. I'm convinced that the world is gonna have less millionaires in music. A lot less millionaires, but a lot more people making like 80 to $120,000 a year off of music. Which means a lot more people get paid, which is very good for a lot of people who want to be career musicians and maybe really bad for people who want to be super rich career musicians. Because there's like two different things, right? There's I live off of this and then there's I live off of this and I live luxuriously. I don't know how many people will hit that status in the future, the way things are going. But with that kind of level of ethic and willingness to connect with people, it's like, yeah, it's just now a matter of finding rev streams bringing up yo you should make mechanic raps though i would fuck if you were like bro i fucking put the wrench and i twisted the wrench and fixed the axle and i don't know my car shit but if you did it like with real car <laughs> shit and you like broke down how to like fucking fix cars and shit i swear i'd geek on that i wouldn't listen to it a lot but i'd listen to it sometimes <laughs> that's the truth of it like that kind of stuff is fucking cool to me because it's like tutorials plus it's like fucking musics plus i mean nobody else might agree with me but just being able to do some shit like that is cool because you bring that mechanic passion into it yeah so, so do you have interest in like content marketing like how do you go about marketing yourself do you put a lot of effort into that kind of thing the project i'm depending on the project i'm working on i put different levels of effort into it in a way 
uh, certain songs I've, you know, gone the promo route and and kind of that style. Uh, I have a track dropping uh, next Friday with Lynx. And we, you know, just finished up a photo shoot a couple of days ago. So working on some, you know, different types of promo and stuff like that. I was dabbling with the lyric videos and stuff. But uh, I think that, yeah, I think that promo is kind of the way to to get people to give you a chance. You know, if you don't try to get people to listen to you, then no one's really going to listen to you except for the people you tell, you know? Nobody knows you released music until you tell them that you released music. You know, it's not like, especially on things like Spotify and Apple Music, it's not easy to find a low-key artist unless you're looking for them in a way. So I think that promo is, is kind of the only way at least for you know guys that are going this new generation of making music at home route to get people to give you a chance and 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 like drew pushing heavy on 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 instagram he he just steadily built his followers by constantly putting out content for them to to watch and that's what you know i'm trying to do too by posting more tracks and and lyric videos and 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 stuff like that so I'm glad you mentioned Drew because it'll help me have an example to transition to my next question. So let's say promo is that. Promo is what gets people's eyes on your shit. The marketing is the other side of it where people get the two twisted. So the consistency and etc. and the hashtag game, these are all promo moves. But really what makes Drew shit interesting is the DIY marketing elements, the you can do this tunis, the raw emotional, this whole like brand he's built around this nsl collective that he's put together and y'all should go follow them the fucking dope at nsl.collective um but like you see like this almost bigger picture this almost like character arc to drew that plays out across all of this content that he's putting out and that's where more the marketing comes in it's like the glue that takes your various pieces of promo and puts them together behind a cohesive brand so you put a lot into that side of things I think uh, I think that 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 what what get people to like at least what you know what makes me enjoy watching Drew's content and and what I think gets people to enjoy Drew's content is you kind of see him and and you know a mix of the reasons he's doing things and and the background behind it and you kind of get to know Drew and I think that with a lot of artists it's about selling yourself as much as it is selling your music you know people that are hardcore fans love the the artist just as much as the music they release you know they know their details about their life and and they watch them go about you know their everyday life so i think that that it's important to kind of sell yourself and as you can see from my from my instagram you know i'm not doing reels and and you know, many interviews with, with artists I'm working with and stuff. Not that it's, you know, something I'm against. I think it's a crazy good tool that he's taking advantage of. But I'm just, you know, I was, you know, never extremely proficient in social media in the sense that I never posted, like even on my main, like my, my, my real account, I never post often. You know, I was always a, a lesser lesser poster i posted like maybe once or twice a year and and starting music and seeing you know jk and drew and and links and purge and and all these guys uh post and and make 
music videos and teasers and all stars helping drew make these kind of you know snippets and all these things it's kind of motivated me to put out more content and 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 kind of push myself a little bit more to you know get 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 things out there that are kind of showing myself off and to kind of market myself but i wouldn't say i'm i'm at the top of my game in terms of it Ah, but it's cool that you're paying attention to all these things. Yo, are people interviewing each other on Instagram? Is that what's happening? Well, I wouldn't say they're interviews, but if you watch, like, and I'm taking a lot of examples from Drew because, you know, huge shout out to him. He, he puts in tons of work and he's my he's my boy. And 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 he he, he grabs artists that he works with, uh, his summer song there and wave runner and 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 some stuff the song he did with uh i'm not sure what her name was but she was singing on it for one of his his, his older eps he 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 brought them into an interview on zoom like you're doing but on instagram and pretty much talked to them at you know what they thought of when they you know first started talking and how the song came about and how their parts came about and and, and the meaning behind their lyrics and and their their kind of journey through it and he kind of introduced you to himself and allows him to show more of himself and to show off, you know, the people he's working with. And he gives, you know, tons of credit to, to everybody that works with him and he loves working with everybody. And, you know, so I think that, uh, that, that, that he does it well and, you know, it's, it's good motivation for everybody else in the, in the community. Yeah. Big facts. Not going to lie. Doing interviews, real smart move. In my opinion, I mean, a little biased here, but for a lot of the reasons you just said, uh, it's been effective with my networking in the city because you can be consistent when you're doing interviews. It's not like these opinions and ideas or anything I'm going to say isn't some shit I said last week on the live. You know, like, you just you kind of yeah. get to follow it more. And love it or hate it, not everybody likes me. Uh, one of those names you mentioned doesn't like me. That's fine. Um, but, like, that's okay, too, right? Like, you just get... There's so many people in this city and there's so much opportunity here that like i think a lot of people are going to be able to carve these different pockets and lanes and <clears throat> especially the west is such an interesting place because there's so few venues but like there's so much west and there's got to be like if you went to saint thomas right and that's just one school that had a whole bunch of people collaborate and then you went to sage and went to abbott with all these people that's an amalgamation of all of this shit. and you guys were probably one pocket of abbott and there was probably 15 versions of you at Abbott that you never even met. Because what? There's like six, 7,000 people at that fucking school. It's fucking huge. Yeah. So yeah. like, it just makes me go. And that's just the West. Then there's Dawson. Then there's Vanier. Then there's fucking, I think Marianopolis is a thing. Then there's all the French ones, which is a whole other scene that's inside of our city. Yo, do you fuck with French artists? Do you know a lot of French people? Uh, I know a lot of French people. Like I listen to all music. I'm not a big fan of of French music. I you know I, I I find a lot of meaning in in lyrics and understanding lyrics. So that's kind of like the only reason for it. But but you know I fuck with with all artists and I know French rappers and 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 all that stuff. But not really my my thing. I respect that. I fuck with it sonically. I don't get French puns. I speak French pretty well, but I don't get the jokes or the metaphors. I just get the rhymes and the flows. Um, I miss the West Island. I had some great fucking years living in Dollard. 
I'm not even gonna lie to you. It was it was a weird time. It was my first apartment was in fucking Dollard. I got learned to drive in Dollard. I worked at the Super Club Videotrons up on the source. So like all of that shit. So like I remember. Well, I don't know about the Guzo. Apparently the Guzo gained floors one day. I remember when it was just the one floor Guzo at the mall, and then it just gained floors one day. I don't know, man. That's bringing me back a little bit. But um, let's say the like the West Island comes back to life. Where would you fucking go perform in the West? What is the live scene or the nightlife scene of the West like these days? It's been a long time since I've really been out there at that time. Like, in terms of nightlife, you know, I'm not a. I never went out very often. I I don't club really. Uh, I, you know, I don't really go to bars. It's not really my scene. I'm more of a homebody, house party kind of person. Mm. But I mean, you know, McKibben's been popping, and, and probably now that terraces are open, going to be pumping again. Uh, Annie's, you know, these are just like famous. Yeah, Annie's is still bars. around. Yeah, it's still around. I respect. It's fine. Um, yeah, I walk. Is a it, bit, but yeah. Okay, so is the house party thing a big thing in the West? I would say, yeah, it's a pretty big thing in the West. I mean, obviously not right now, but before all this, yeah, it was a pretty big thing. A uh, lot, lot, go lot going on pretty much every weekend you could find something. Do you think it's viable to do a grind where you just bust sets at house parties? I think that if you... I think it's it's a little bit weird in the West in terms of I find house parties are very centralized to specific groups in terms of, you know, like you have your friends at the house party. We don't have a lot of house parties that it's like open invites and people are, you know, piling in that you don't know, you do know, you know. I find they don't happen as much here or at least not a lot that I've been to. So if it was more of like a mixed up community, I feel like it could be more of a feasible thing. But I think that, you know, playing at a house party with just your friends is the same as kind of like playing, you know, your music on the aux. It's like everybody's heard your song before and you know, you can you can rap to them in person not being at a party. You know, it's it's like the same people you've always seen. I think that that a lot of of playing playing music in person and like in like a show form is is it is cool to have you know people that you don't know or you've never met that are you know enjoying the music still you know because i find that there's a lot of fake um fake love for for people if like i find a lot of people will listen to music just because you ask them to and then they'll never play it again and i think that seeing people that enjoy your music that don't even know you and they just enjoy your music it's like a, a different a different feeling than, than playing it for people that you know will always tell you that it's good yeah, that's big i respect that a lot there is something to having strangers come up to you after and be like your shit's dope it's, it's kind of a big thing so where would you perform in the west these days <clears throat> honestly i'm open to anything and and i think it'd be cool to maybe organize something like a park kind of set where you kind of just you know make an event and and make something out of out of nothing really because like bar scenes it's cool but i don't think that it's 
the bar styles we have here, McKibbins and, and Annie's, aren't are more of like a live band kind of style than it is like a, a, a rapper uh, performance kind of place. I think that it's more of of like a background music, a lot of people socializing versus somewhere where you're going to listen to music. So I think that that in terms of doing it in the West, at least for me, I would see. Uh, you know, a park or a public place is something of a better opportunity, maybe like the mall or something like that, where you can catch congregations of people, you know, unknowingly and knowingly and kind of draw a crowd and, and, and show off to to local community. And and if you're there, you know, in the middle of the day and you show up to this, you're listening for the music. If you're at the club and somebody's playing, sometimes you just, you know, you just kind of talk to your friends, you just kind of have a drink. You know, the music isn't your style, so you don't really care. But if you're walking through in the park and that's the only thing playing, you tend to give it a little bit more attention, stuff like that. So I think that's a, that'd be probably the best way I, I see of doing it. I had the same conclusion for NDG. Because there's really nowhere to go fucking bar-wise. There's no venue, in my opinion. There may be a venue that I'm unaware of, but not really. It's like one little bar thing. It's not like the Lydia's to me. And then I'm sitting there at Girard Park and they apparently turn Wednesday night into this whole like hip hop oriented event thing. I'm, I haven't been to it, but it's been made clear to me it's super fucking litty. But I can tell you Girard Park's fucking hot in NDG and I noticed like five, six, but you guys have forests. You guys could like in the West, I mean, like right up on fucking uh, in Dollard, up by like where the IGA used to be. There's like a whole forest up on Gwen and there's another one up in fucking the island there. Ill bizarre or not whatever and it's like you look at these four you could do like forest shows like that's fucking cool i'd go to a forest show i don't know how legal it is but it's doable i'm not worried about the legalities there's always workarounds but um also you can get permits i think it's possible but still um that's really cool to see that you see it like that because i was personally going I don't think people under the age of like 27 are gonna go to these bars and be like this is the littiest I just didn't see y'all at the bars beforehand, so I, I just assumed y'all did other things. What, what do you guys go clubbing? Like, what, what do you guys? What do you think where people are at? Like, if you wanted to reach people from a nightlife perspective, I think that uh, clubbing is a huge uh, nightlife activity in Montreal, not just the West, but in Montreal in general. You know, with with the the, the good clubbing we have here. It was never my kind of cup of tea. I'm not, uh, it was just, you know, not my scene. I've been and I've, you know, enjoyed myself pretty much every time I've gone, but it was just never my type of thing. But it's a huge prominent thing. And almost any weekend on all over Instagram, you can, or Snapchat, you can pretty much catch ever, a view of every club from stories and, and, and things like that because everyone's there pretty much any chance they get if you're into that kind of life and you know the west is is a lot of people that you know a big community of of people with a little bit more money that are willing to go and you know drop hundreds at the club every weekend and and get plastered versus you know the people that sit at home with 40 dollar bottles of the same alcohol uh you know at house parties and stuff like that so i think that you know, it wasn't my scene, and, and I can't speak a ton to it, but it is a huge scene in Montreal, and it's very noticeable. And 
I would say like clubbing is, you know, the young people's kind of, kind of, kind of nightlife thing that I would say is the most popular. All right, let me ask you a different question. Do y'all prefer like weed or alcohol in general? Uh, personally, I prefer weed. I'm not a big drinker, but I think that it's pretty close nowadays. Uh, I think that alcohol still takes it just because, you know, people are still pretty reserved about weed and, and it being, you know, pretty new to being legalized and, and, and accepted, I guess, socially and still, you know, not terribly accepted socially. So I think that it's alcohol is still a prominent thing, but I think that weed will become the next generation kind of alcohol in terms of it being a little bit more chill, manageable, and you know, it's it's you know it's it's new to be to being legalized. So I, I don't think I can really predict the future to it. But to me, it's always like it's always been a part of my life. So I never saw it as as this bad thing. So so it it's you know now it's part of my you know it's it's just a part of life to me. So I think that weed is. Prominent amongst especially my friends, but alcohol, I would still say cake to cake. That's a really good answer, Stills. Um, I think weed takes over in the long run, too. Don't even get me wrong. It's just a chiller fucking drug. That's what it is. Um, but I was thinking a lot about that and why I asked is because there's not a lot of weed-friendly music things outside of festivals. And that's why I think festivals are such a powerful force because you can just burn at a festival and not actually miss the music. Whereas like a lot of other venue options cater to alcohol and maybe other things that people do which are not as smoke friendly so i was curious to see you know your perceptions on that shit too and you went to the park thing which is be real it's just fucking weed friendly that's why people like parks is because you can burn that shit you can sit there for like six hours and burn that shit and it's all fucking good in the hood and uh that's a huge part of the montreal like you just gotta go to the tam tams and you see what goes on there it's just lots of that shit. And it's been like that since I was fucking at Abbott. Abbott's great. And your Abbott's a big weed culture because there's like, what, two bars? So really, what yeah. are you going to do? You're going to smoke a joint on campus. Yeah, they got a full shop down the road. Oh, that's cool. So those, um, I don't know. Plus, there's like all this water and shit nearby. So you can like sit there in serenity and fucking smoke a joint by the water and, and like be at Abbott. It's yeah. a fucking good vibe. Um, yo, were you involved in any of the Abbott clubs and shit? Clubs, not really. Um, yeah, no, I pretty much, school was never uh, my favorite thing in life. I pretty much hated it every, since I was a kid. So I, I kind of went to Abbott, did what I had to do, which some, for the first couple of years wasn't much, but, um, and just kind of finished it and, and, and was happy to, to leave and kind of go on with, with what I really wanted to do. But but yeah, I didn't I didn't spend much time outside of school time at Abbott. I was gone on breaks and I was just there for class. So I yeah, I didn't that. really. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, uh, when when is your next albums and stuff coming? When do you have releases anticipated? So I have a track coming out the next Friday with Wings. Uh, me and him have been working on a a collab project for over well over a year now um we're pretty close to being done i mean we have a good a good a good amount of songs we're still trying to put some 
dot, uh, cross some T's and dot some I's on a couple of things and finish some, some projects up. But I have a project with him coming soon. I got music with JK, Drew um, coming out soon. I got music with Ara coming out soon, some, some dubstep vibes. And, and I'm pretty much just getting myself, like I said, set up to, to, to be able to constantly drop music and and kind of keep my name relevant instead of you know one here and one there i'm kind of trying to build up so i can keep a steady flow and and keep up uh the buzz around you know my name and and the music i make and, and the montreal community yo yamas i really fucks with you i like that you came through i like this whole conversation we had um yo i'm not really sure where to go with the conversation so for me it's like a sick time for us to like you know wrap it up and make it fucking organic and proper honestly you said a lot of amazing things i love your attitude about pro montreal i like everything you're doing about it uh i have one more question actually before we like properly wrap up how do you feel about twitch because like if you went live on twitch and you know wrote songs and did a whole bunch of shit you could probably get that buzz what i'm saying and get a little more love going on there yeah i think uh, i think twitch is 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 dope and and i've been dabbling in in terms of setting up an account and kind of trying out what streams would look like and and and, and getting you know equipment set up and stuff like that so i've been kind of dabbling in it I, twitch was always you know i i used to watch twitch so i used to watch you know gaming and 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 all that kind of you know that side of twitch and and since kind of getting into the music thing and seeing a lot more people are doing live stream, you know, performances and, and live stream sets and, you know, like you host tons of, of freestyles and, and get togethers where, you know, people can pop in every Tuesday, and, you know, later, later stuff down. Yeah. Yeah. Later, later stuff down. And I think that, that it's a really good community in terms of, of being able to get live content out there. And and I've been working on it and trying to trying to get something going there and, and you know so maybe we can because uh, yo I, you know, I'm definitely so. happy to help you with anything you need help with anybody wants to come on Twitch because it's vacant there's not enough of us so check it when the stream is done done proper because now I got excited about Twitch we gotta talk about this for a minute um, yeah there's no rules to my interview we just fucking go and then we just do anyway, whatever um, we gonna raid Lamef because Lamef's the homie. He does like off the domes so if you follow him or whatever and use channel points to like make beats or fucking do whatever whatever i've seen him rap off the dome for like 30 minutes and like he's, he's french bilingual raps and shit and he does a whole bunch of interactions and whatnots and he gets subscriptions and that's the thing about twitch is it's monetized i so like motherfuckers can subscribe to you for free with amazon prime so that's two dollar fifty cents usd up in your pocket um, getting monetized once you're on Spotify is actually pretty simple, which you've done. You're already on Spotify. Hashtag DistroKid. They did well if you're with DistroKid. Like everyone's with DistroKid, so like I just assume that. I'm with now, but I'm really switching over. I guarantee you, whatever fucking thing you're with, also made the same deal with Twitch. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, with that, what I did before you, this stream with you is I was I just started this off the dome series. Or I'm not gonna try very hard because I feel like that might be fun. And I'm basically taking Montreal beats with consent. I talked to the producers ahead of time and I'm stealing their beats and I'm fucking just off the doving it. So I was doing that live, right? Like just putting out the shit. And so I'm like, okay, in theory, 
if you out there and you creating your songs live on the internet and you can monetize the creation process that's a whole different ballgame then you have the post creation process where people can like look at the song when it's done and be like okay cool but like you know what i mean like how do you feel about shit like that i think it's 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 really cool and and for me writing is is like an interesting process and 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 i'm not very proficient in freestyling at all and and i kind of like like to sit down and and write out a lot but but the first time I saw it was that Tory Lanez did a Instagram live where he let the fans pretty much choose the beat and and then he went in the in the studio and recorded a song on live and kind of came back every once in a while to talk to fans and see how they were liking it and stuff and that was kind of my I like I like to see I like to watch the content to 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 see other people's uh, process and to kind of take notes on on how people go about making their music and that's why I watched uh, I watched your interview with Drew and I watched your interview with JK and, and listening to them how they you know go about their music how they think about their music how they think about their promotion and marketing and and representing themselves I think speaks a lot to how they end up doing in terms of of, of views and plays and and you know notoriety and all that stuff so I like to watch the content and take notes. Um, I'm not very good at like on the spot kind of, you know, writing like in that sense. So it's not really my alley, but I love using it as a source of, of information and, and technique. You could always just write it off camera and record it on camera or whatever. I mean, it's more probably. like the ability to raid people. So they take every Instagram live that happens. If everybody's on Twitch, they can carry their audience over. So there's like, what, however many people watching, then you hit the button and that whole audience goes on to the next man's channel. That's like what happened when Ghostface Miller raided us and brought in this whole bunch of stuff. And then he went and peeped your tracks. And, you know, it kind of has that internalized built in community feature, but it doesn't work algorithmically. It's really more like we all have to be there throwing our audiences around for it to really stack up and have the effect it's supposed to have. So personally, I'm just pitching this at fucking everyone, trying to create that context for it. But yeah, if you ever need help with any of that shit, let me know. We can make that happen. That's all to everybody out there too that's watching in your Montreal, preferably. <clears throat> Not necessarily the whole world. But yeah, so... I think though that it is just worth remembering that when real life comes back, the internet only takes you so far. The internet does not sell yeah. tickets. Views does not sell tickets. <clears throat> That's a lesson some people are going to learn. Um, but uh, I think uh, the the world's uh, the world's gonna be interesting because there's so many people trying to bubble it up. Um, yeah. Anyway, I appreciate you coming through. I really do like this conversation i definitely want to keep talking to you and uh building because i think y'all have the right energy and it's fucking great and if we can like make magic happen in life create bigger opportunities it's just good for fucking montreal and that's more or, or less all i'm going for here is to create the best fucking opportunities inside of the city with anybody i can if you know people who can be interviewed blah 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 etc you know we do what we got to do to build it up because how am I supposed to meet everyone? You know, how are we yeah. all supposed to do it? So we all just kind of have to collaborate is how I look at it. Yeah. So thank you for coming and participating in my giant social experiment that I'm running on Twitch. 
appreciate it again all your links have been popping through on the chat and they're all gonna be in the description uh below in the future youtube videos um do you have any last words you want to say to all the peoples out there first you know thanks for for having me and 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 you know sitting down and taking the time to you know go through and and interview you know all of us all the young artists and and trying to you know understand the the new the new type of of social media and and music industry that's kind of coming about and and i think that you know you're going into it with a really open mind and and it's hard for a lot of older the older generation especially people in the music industry Spit it. Facts. but but you know i appreciate you know you you trying to to you know bridge the gap and and understand kind of where we're coming from and where we're at and and you know us learning from you and you learning from us and and yeah you know um shout out to everyone that came out and supported and and came and popped in and everyone that you know watches you and helps you do your thing and and thanks for having me man uh, shout out mtl let's get it yeah, I appreciate you still, everybody. Appreciate you, fucking uh, Yamas. Appreciate the crowd watching live, those here now, those that were there before. And yeah, all you in the future watching, like, subscribe, comment. Special thanks to the patrons. Is Milgad Amsi, Chris Byer, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Blackerick, and Linda Williams, Scribble the Dove. Support what we do. Patreon.com slash behind that suit. All that good shit if you want to show love. On that note, since Lemef went offline, we're going to raid Powder514, who's a DJ up in the city. 514 and uh yo when you get there show love with the follows on that note it was fucking great to have you yamas live long and fucking prosper everybody mm -hmm.